is October 14th at almost 11 p.m. I am exhausted. I just played a gig tonight, but based on my schedule in the next few days, I have to record this podcast tonight if I want to be able to edit it for you and have it ready for a Monday release. Now that is part of the problem of me making a schedule. When I did the schedule, I thought this is going to be fantastic because now I'm not just going to be willy-nilly having an idea to record a podcast and release them whenever I want. Sometimes three a week, oh my God, I'm working so hard on this podcast. But now that I have a fixed schedule, I'm realizing that I'm kind of obligated to make sure that I have these podcasts ready and released at a certain time. I'm obligated based on a deadline set by myself for myself, but I also think it's important for the podcast to have a schedule. All that to say, based on what is coming up in my life in the next few days, I've got to get something recorded tonight. So you're welcome. And this may suck. I'm tired. I left the house. Like I said, it's almost 11 o'clock p.m., but I left the house at around 3.45 this afternoon. Now, that does not count the time it took me to get ready to load the van, to put my contacts in. And let me also be clear, I am not just your average acoustic entertainer that shows up with a PA and a guitar and one microphone and one stand. I also play piano in addition to guitar at my gigs, so I have a lot more to bring. I have basically the setup of two people, but for just moi. But my gig tonight was 5 to 8 o'clock, so I had to leave the house early enough to get to the venue, load in, set up, sound check, tune, and be ready to go by 5 o'clock. Unfortunately, there was a table of 20 that had reserved seats at this venue to come see me. Now, that's not a bad thing. That's not the unfortunately. The unfortunately is that they thought I started later. So they didn't show up till like 6.30. And for the most part, I just had like five older people sitting at the bar. This is Ohio. It's mid-October, but today was in the 80s because Ohio is weird as fuck when it comes to the weather. Very unpredictable. So a lot of people were going to sit out on the patio. But I had this group of like five older people sitting at the bar, which I've played this venue many times, so I've seen them there many times before. But until this table of 20 showed up, I didn't want to play songs that I knew were going to be better songs, more upbeat kind of finger quotes, party songs. So I exhausted every old person and classic rock song that I had between 5 p.m. and 6.30. I would normally switch to my piano about one hour into my set, which would have been 6 p.m., but the problem was my piano songs, those are songs that, again, are more for the crowd that is engaged. I didn't want to play those songs and waste them for five people. So I'm just playing and... What else can I do next? And then eventually the crowd, the party of 20, they showed up. Then I turned it up a notch and I did my songs that are more fun. And I played until 8.40... 40 minutes after I was supposed to be done because now all of a sudden, a crowd is here. So I'm going to keep playing. I'm not just going to stop. But then, of course, there is the teardown, which, as I mentioned, I have the equipment of two assholes. So I have to tear down two assholes worth of shit. 
and then walk it to the fucking door, load it in the van, get home. Now, because I'm using a new mic with the podcast, I am now using one of the stands that I use for my live shows. All that to say, I had to unload some of the equipment as soon as I got home in order to bring the boom stand upstairs and be able to use it to record this podcast. You're fucking welcome. It occurred to me later in the night tonight that I had to record this podcast. I hadn't really thought about what my weekend looked like and like, well, shit, if I don't record a podcast tonight, I definitely won't have time to record one tomorrow. And I would like to have Saturday and Sunday to do the editing and prepare the podcast for release. But that meant I had to record an episode tonight. But I don't have a topic in mind. I had nothing. I hadn't really thought about this next episode of the podcast. So as I'm tearing down my equipment, I go to the uh, bartender and one of the servers at the venue I was playing tonight, and I said, hey, I have to record a podcast tonight. If you have any silly ideas or anything that you think I could do a podcast on, let me know. You've got time. I'm going to tear down my stuff. This is going to take me at least another 20 minutes. You have time. Immediately, the bartender yelled, pig fuckers. Which, of course, baffled me, and I replied, well, pig fuckers, that's like a 15-second podcast. All I have to do is... But then she kindly explained to me that pig fuckers, which I didn't know this, is a slang term for backwoods redneck hillbillies. Now, let me point out, I live in a very rural area. It's hard to say the word rural. There's so many R's and the U makes it sound like you're just going rural. But yes, I live in a rural, I still can't say it with any enunciation a very rural area of central Ohio. I am outside the outer belt of Columbus, Ohio. And the venue I played tonight is very close to my home. I'm not going to name the venue. I'm not going to name the bartender because she used the term pig fuckers. And I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble because then someone would complain and say, oh my God, how dare she use that word? I'm offended. However, based on the definition of pig fuckers, I'm going to guess the likelihood is very low that any pig fuckers are actually listening to the podcast. What's a podcast? I never heard of that shit. Go on now, give me a bush light, Cletus. Go on now, get. But I will also say in her defense, because as someone who worked in the food industry and the service industry for many years after high school, if you have never walked a mile in the shoes of a server or a customer service representative, this is why when I call customer service, nine times out of ten, when I am picking up the phone to call a customer service representative, I am fucking pissed off about something. Shit, I've got a list right now of three different companies I need to fucking call this week to cancel a service or complain or request a refund. And inevitably, I will forcibly explain my frustration, but I will say, look, I understand it's not your fault. Not blaming you. I'm not calling you a pig fucker. I'm just saying your company is a bunch of pig fuckers. (laughs) 
that seems to make things a little better. But if you've never done that type of work, then you don't understand the fact that she had a reason to be frustrated. She wasn't trying to use a slang word other than the fact that the people that night that were being kind of a dick were being a dick because they were exhibiting backwoods fucking redneck hillbilly behavior that was disrespectful and unappreciative. I can't tell you how many times tonight I watched servers having hands laid upon them by the patrons in a way that I know is not fucking invited. Why you think you can put your hands on someone and rub someone's back because she's a pretty server? doesn't matter. She's there to do a job. She's not there to be your fuck toy. So if you're the type of person that wants to put your hands on a server or a person at any place of employment, you, sir, are a pig fucker. You, sir, are a rapist. All right, maybe rapist is a bit exaggerated, but it really depends on what you call rape. Uninvited physical contact is unacceptable in any circumstance. And technically, you could call rape uninvited physical contact. But this was a long roundabout way for me to explain that I didn't really have a topic going into this episode. But because of my schedule, I had no choice but to record an episode tonight. So I thought, fuck it, I'll make it more just conversational. We'll just discuss some shit that happened tonight. We'll discuss some other shit. And that's what you're going to get. However, I will say that playing gigs is very exhausting and it gets worse as I get older. I don't know how I am such a, what I consider to be a fat tub of lard. I've lost 15 pounds in the last couple months, but I put on 30 pounds during COVID, so I still have a long way to go before I get back to the point where I still felt like a fat ass. But the reason I say, why am I a fat ass? One, I'm busting my ass. I'm burning calories like it's nobody's business, playing these gigs, loading the van, setting up, tearing down, unloading the van. And I eat like shit. And when I say I eat like shit, I don't mean that I eat like on the way to the show, I got three Big Macs and a large fry. No, all I had to eat today prior to my gig was three quarters of a banana and a slice of American cheese wrapped around a slice of turkey bologna. That's not enough calories, Jeff. I know. And it doesn't help when you are in a place that serves food. And while you're playing, you're watching everyone eat this food and it looks delicious. But now I can't touch any food because I'm playing my guitar and if my fingers get greasy, it just won't go well. Speaking of playing and weird things on my fingers. Did you say weird things on my fingers? But inevitably, there will be people that want to buy you a shot as the artist. I am not a liquor guy. I will just get, like tonight, I got a little bucket of five Coors Lights, very low ABV. And I want to point out that the venue that I played at was very close to my house. Very close. If I had to walk home, I could. But I had those five beers in that bucket over the course of five hours. So technically, based on the oxidation 
oxidation time period of alcohol. Those five beers were oxidized from my system before I left. I should have had a 0.0 blood alcohol level. Except for the shot. A shot was bought for me and I was like, if someone wants to buy me a shot, inevitably I will go for Fireball. Because Fireball is sweet, it's easy to digest, it doesn't taste too liquory. But they did not have any Fireball tonight, they were out. So they brought me the shot that the table was having, which was Jameson and pickle juice. So I assume I'm gonna get this weird looking shot that's Jameson mixed with pickle juice, but no. It's a two-fisted, two-glass concoction that requires one glass, one shot of Jameson, and another glass with fucking pickle juice in it. And then they say, well, you drink the Jameson first and then chase it with the pickle juice. I did it because it was paid for, and I want to be appreciative, and it was the only shot I had tonight. Was it good? Well, if you like pickle juice, it was good. I like pickles. I don't drink pickle juice. I'm not a pig fucker. But I will say that as much as I hate liquor, and especially I hate fucking whiskey or Jameson or shit like that, on the bright side, the fucking pickle juice completely eliminated the taste of Jameson. Now, my mouth tasted like fucking pickle juice after that. Not exactly what I wanted my mouth to taste like, but at least I didn't have to deal with the repercussions of feeling like, whoo, I just took a big shot at Jameson. So for those of you who don't like whiskey, if you ever have to do a shot of whiskey, I would encourage you to chase it with pickle juice. For those of you who never have to be in a position where you have to drink either whiskey or pickle juice, I would recommend that. <laughs> Honestly, I've given this a lot of thought in the recent weeks, and if I could get the podcast to a point where it's making me the equivalent of what I am earning on my gigs in a month, I would much rather do the podcast than gigging. I don't have to carry shit for the podcast. I do enjoy playing live music, but... For the most part, you're just playing the same songs every fucking time. It does get a little fucking old as the performer. I am, there's a guy I know who's in central Ohio who has been around for over 30 years. He celebrates playing every Friday night for the last 33, 34, I don't know how many years it is at this point, but he's been at the same venue every Friday night for like 33 years. Now, I understand that's an accomplishment, and I will say that he fucking brings people every fucking week. They love him. However, I don't want that. You know, the reason I had to do the podcast tonight instead of tomorrow is because tomorrow night I'm having a get-together with the Lovebenders, my old band. We're having a get-together of myself, Kyle Ray, the guitar player, and then Glenn Siggers, the drummer, the most recent drummer, and Brian McGuckin, our original drummer, and then our producer, Colin Coffey. The band ended in October of 2019. Why? Because... I was just done. I didn't want to keep doing something over and over again, even if it meant making money. I just wasn't having fun anymore. 
I mean, yeah, I was having fun to an extent with my bandmates in the interactions that we had setting up, tearing down, etc. But the gig itself, I just didn't take that much pride or satisfaction in, and that's very important to me. And if I can't have that, I'm not going to do it because I am a all-in kind of guy. So we'll see what happens. I'm kind of hoping that maybe the podcast will start to become a bit more lucrative or profitable and I can back off of some of the gigs I'm doing, save my body, not be so exhausted, and still feel like I have a satisfaction of putting out an entertainment product. And the great thing about the podcast versus gigging is I'm not doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I know I talk about social meat all the fucking time but it's still not the same episode nothing is planned there's no fucking lyrics that are the same every time a lot of songs i do the same fucking joke in the middle of the song or between songs there are things that it's not technically scripted but if you do things between songs that gets a positive reaction you might feel inclined to say the same thing the next time you have that pause between the same two songs so that you can get that positive reaction. It is a smart thing to do. I'm not saying that it's dumb or stupid or fuck those people because I do it all the goddamn time. But that is also exhausting mentally because you start to feel like a fucking jester or a monkey instead of a person and a performer. (laughs) So, I will be doing a Halloween special coming up very soon with my friend Stevie Cade because, really, I just know that he's into horror movies every bit as much as me. So, I thought for the Halloween special, I'm going to bring him on and we're going to discuss Halloween. Not just scary movies, but Halloween. Haunted houses. Shit like that. So, I'm not going to spoil anything on this episode that I might discuss on the Halloween episode. However, I want to point out that during the month of October, because I'm such a fucking fan of Halloween and scary movies and shit like that, and in the month of October, I watch as many fucking horror movies as possible. Again, I want to point out it is Thursday, October 14th. We are less than halfway into the month, and I have watched... 19 horror movies so far. Ideally, I like to try and find horror movies I've never watched, but let's be honest, most horror movies made in the last 20 years suck balls. Speaking of ball-sucking horror movies, Malignant is a movie that came out in the theater. If you listen to Jeff Does SC, a podcast I did a few weeks ago about my visit to South Carolina to see my mom with my son, we went to see a movie and we ended up seeing Free Guy with uh, Ryan Reynolds but my son originally wanted to see Malignant but I said nope not happening because I can see that for free on HBO and I had already watched Malignant or rather the first 10 minutes of Malignant and said this is stupid well here's what happened the acting well maybe the acting wasn't bad maybe it's the writing but from a storytelling perspective I felt like they were just trying to serve up a story and a big picture without actually getting into anything they just like wanted to quickly paint a picture that you would understand in the first fucking 10 minutes 
And then, of course, the acting is going to seem like it sucks when the writing is garbage. So I gave up after maybe 10 minutes, never to return to the movie again, until last week I was playing a show at a Moose Lodge in Newark. I want to say Moose Lodge 299. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. Hopefully that is right. But a guy I met earlier this year at a show I was playing, Mr. Tim Coakley, who I will now say is a friend, a good friend, and a fan of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. When I was on a break, he asked me, have you seen Malignant? And I said, yes, I have. I gave up after 10 minutes. And he said, well, I thought it was really good. Maybe you should try watching the rest. And the the whole reason I was excited about Malignant to begin with is because people had, in their reviews, made it sound like it was kind of a new age horror version of Drop Dead Fred. I was a huge fan of Drop Dead Fred as a kid. But the first 10 minutes sucked balls from a writing perspective. But I told Tim, I said, I'll watch it. I'll give it another go. It's October after all. So I watched Malignant. Eh. I give it a C. Let me tell you why. If you've seen it, you'll understand what I'm saying. If you haven't, I'll try and do this in a way that is spoiler free. Basically, the movie originally starts out for like the first half, making it seem like there's something supernatural happening. Then about three quarters of the way through, they have this twist where you realize, oh no, it's not supernatural. It's actually just a physical malady. But they still allow the character to have supernatural abilities. It doesn't make any sense. So for that reason, it was entertaining. There were some cool scenes. There's a scene at the end where a girl has had a large, heavy medical table thrown on top of her, and she's struggling. She can't move underneath the medical table. Spoiler alert! Too late! But the other character that's not supposed to be supernatural, we thought so earlier, but now not so much, she's like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna lift this huge fucking table off of you and when she does which she shouldn't have been able to do in the first place and the girl who was pinned under the table you would think her legs would be mangled and just a fucking mess but no she scrambles away from the table stands up and now goes and attends to the girl who lifted the fucking table off of her what malignant you're lucky i'm giving you a fucking c Most of the other horror movies I've watched this month have been movies that I like, that I already know. I'm a huge fan of Michael Myers, Freddy. Who's your favorite, Jeff? Well, I'm a big Freddy fan, I'll be honest. However, I did watch Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, about a week ago, and the story, the acting, kinda sucked. I think some movies, maybe we get to such a nostalgic point in our heads where we appreciated it at a time when there was less offerings of entertainment out there, when we were maybe more naive. But honestly, as much as I was excited to watch the old original Nightmare on Elm Street, I found myself, how long until this thing is over? I'm a huge Freddy fan. I mentioned that Michael Myers, he would be number two. Jason 
could give two shits about Jason or Camp Crystal Lake or whatever. I'm quite certain I haven't seen all of the Friday the 13th movies. Even the Freddy versus Jason movie was, it was a little shtick. And even as the Nightmare on Elm Street movies went on, Robert England got a little more comical and animated, almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he, at the end of Commando, drives, you know, like a fucking pole through a dude's chest and immediately says, let off some steam. You know, if you had just had a 10 minute long brawl with someone where you both probably should have broken each other's bones, every fucking bone, and you win and you manage to drive a fucking pipe into that person's chest to kill them, it's probably a low likelihood that you're gonna just have some comedic quip that you're gonna say to yourself. But that's the movies. I am now watching Squid Game or Squid Games, I don't know what it's called because it's in fucking Japanese, the title, every episode. I don't know what it says. It's just a bunch of weird shapes. But I started that just like Malignant and I gave up after a few minutes because it's fucking overdubbed. And it made me feel like the act fucking sucked because the voices were so weird you have these Korean actors and the words don't totally match up with their mouth and I can't tell is the dubbing is the dubbing bad or is the fucking acting bad and I either way I just couldn't handle it I walked away but I keep hearing about it so I gave it another chance. I am now on the third episode, and now I've gotten to the point where I'm past the issue with the dub, and I do think it's a good show so far. But again, I can't tell you if it's Squid Game or Squid Games, because every fucking episode, when they put it up on the screen at the beginning, it's gobbledygook. It's Korean fucking nonsense. I will say that I watched the 2018 Halloween movie because I am a huge Michael Myers fan just the other night because Halloween Kills, the sequel to that movie, is coming out tomorrow and it will be available to me on Peacock. I don't have to go to the fucking theater. Thank you, Peacock. Did you say pee and cock? However, the 2018 version of Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis, like the idea was that they were going to pick up from where the first original John Carpenter Halloween left off. That pissed me off out of the gate. First off, Halloween 1 and 2 by John Carpenter are fucking brilliant. It is two movies that takes place in one night. There is no reason they could not have said, we're going to make a movie that picks up where the second movie left off before other people came in and fucked up the franchise for the sake of money and ticket sales. You know, just like Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm sitting here bitching about the original because of the acting and all that stuff. But had there never been a sequel or 17 of them, I'm exaggerating. Maybe 
I wouldn't be so bothered by that movie. But now all of a sudden it's part of this fucking huge franchise, so I put so much expectations on the fucking original. And it makes sense. Like, you look at even kids nowadays with movies. You have children that are like three or four years old that act better than 25-year-olds acted back in 1985. It's weird, but it's also indicative of the society we live in that is totally media-driven. It's kind of scary. If your three-year-old is able to put on an Oscar performance, good luck figuring out who broke the lamp. Or if he's your only child, good luck spanking him because that motherfucker is going to go Oscar on your ass. I hope this episode was even remotely entertaining. Like I said, I'm totally fucking exhausted. I've already played for four hours tonight as a musician, plus loading, unloading, setup, teardown. But that's okay. I think sometimes it's okay for me to just flip on the mic and talk about some fucking shit. Once again, I want to remind everybody, if you would like to keep this podcast advertisement and sponsor free, feel free to contribute to the podcast, whether it's $1, $10, whatever, to at Jeff Schaefer, J-E-F-S-H-A-F-F-E-R on PayPal or Venmo. I encourage all of you to go watch some scary fucking shit. It's October. Halloween is coming. This is the best time. If there is a movie that you want me to watch before October is over, go follow me on Twitter at Jeff Goes Tweet or on Facebook at Jeff Schaefer FB and recommend something you want me to watch. Until next time, I'm Jeff. You're fucking welcome. And I'm Jeff. Did you say pee and cock? Good night. (laughs) 